about now? There we go. It is a joy, an honor, and a privilege to be able to be in the house of God tonight. And I don't care what you think about it. it that's what it is. Amen? Amen. I think we're all on the same page, Joe. Uh, one thing we did not mention, we probably mentioned tonight after church, you pray for Pastor and, and his wife, First Lady, me, and I guess she'd either be the Second Lady, I don't know. But uh, she's my First Lady. But, uh, but anyways, y'all pray for us Wednesday morning at some point time, and I'm sure the wee hours of the morning, we're going to be headed to North Carolina um, for the Oasis Conference. So y'all pray for us traveling, and uh, we will thank you for that. Uh, we're going to pray for y'all, because every, every year that, I've only went one year, and they went last year, this will be the second year I'm going, but every time we come back, we have a new, fresh uh, wind from God in us. So y'all have, hope, hope to have y'all seatbelts um, fastened, and y'all ready to go, Amen. Amen. Y'all take your Bibles tonight. 1 Kings chapter number 18. I'll tell you this, uh, Brother Jason Pipkins uh, taught for me, I think it was last Sunday morning, and I had no idea where he was uh, teaching. He uh, shared that back and forth, helps me out, and I'm thankful for him and his dear wife and his hard-headed daughter. Uh, but anyways, um, I, love, I love her dearly, but... Um, but loved them dearly. But he, he read over, we went through some chapters in the Bible, getting to uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. So I'm not going to teach a Sunday school lesson. However, there was a, there was a thought that really provoked, my, provoked me in my, in my thoughts that, and in my heart, and I couldn't get away from it. So if you find your place in 1 Kings chapter number 18, look at verse 17 with me, and we'll, can, we'll start reading there. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have troubled not Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all, the Israel, all, of, all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab went, or sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Verse 21 is what really hit me. It says this, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If, but if Baal, then follow him. That's what's very interesting. And the people answered him not a word. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach on this thought. How long? Will you halt between two opinions? Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, God, for the privilege it is to be able to call upon your name. And God, what a great honor and privilege it is to be able to stand behind a sacred desk. No, this desk is, pulpit is made of wood, and I know uh, one day will burn up. But God, it represents a holy thing and the preaching of the Word of God. So I pray, Lord, that it's uh, tonight you move me out of the way, God, that I may preach without fear, favor, or comp compromise. Forgive me of sin, it me of self, and fill me with the Spirit of God tonight. God, I need something that I cannot manufacture on my own, something that I cannot go and buy, beg, or borrow. I cannot uh, create this. God, I need an unction of the Holy Ghost tonight. I pray, God, you'd hide me behind the cross, God, that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. Not a word more, not a word less. They do not need James Allen's opinion tonight, but rather a word from God. They do not need a, just, a, just a random thought. God, they need your thought tonight. And I pray, God, to use me as a vessel that I'm willing to be. I love you, and we thank you, God, for it's in Christ's name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Israel, 
God's chosen people, found themselves on the receiving end of God's revelation. God introduced Himself to them. Imagine being the nation that God introduced Himself to. Aren't you glad tonight that God introduced Himself to you? Praise God in heaven above tonight. I'm glad that He introduced Himself to me because if He would not have, I would have been on my way to hell today. God shows Himself to them, and by doing this, He made it possible for the people of Israel to, uh, for them to show Him to the world. They knew Him. They experienced Him. They had been redeemed by Him, protected by Him. They had been provided by Him. They had, they had been privileged by Him. Their story is when they found themselves in Israel, God delivered them and brought them up out of the land of Egypt. As He had promised, He brought them into the promised land. By the way, they could not have gotten to the promised land without God. Yet, when they got to Canaan, they began to intermingle with the Canaanites. Not with just their culture, but with their religion. Despite the fact that they knew and had followed the one true God, they began, they began embracing, uh, they began embracing uh, other uh, other, not the one true God necessarily. They, they went to other gods, false gods. And during the period of the judges, we find Israel going back and forth. From God to false God. From God to false God. From God to false God. One of the lowest times of the nation of Israel was during the judges when they had no king and they didn't know who their God was. Now, during the times of the kings, where we're at tonight, they, they dipped even deeper into idolatry and particularly in the worshiping of Baal. King Ahab is known as one of the worst kings in the existence of the nation of Israel. He did more evil than any other king that had that ever been. And if that was not bad enough, he married a woman that was even more evil than he was. Jezebel. Jezebel was a wicked woman to the very core. She came from a family of false deities. She came from a son that advocated the worship of Baal. Baal. She convinced her husband Ahab to take the nation of Israel, which was already headed down the wrong path, to, even, to an even further worse path. And now King Ahab took the nation of Israel, made the nation of Israel, took them. He built a temple of Baal for Baal in Samaria. He set up this altar as if to say he was going to lead God's people into worshiping a false god. Can I tell you tonight, it's a very, very dangerous thing for a pastor, for a minister, for a ministry leader to preach anything other than Jesus Christ and Him alone. We ought to, we ought to fire, ought to horsewhip and run these preachers off, these, uh, these, these wanting money hungry. Uh, there's a whole list of things you can tell them. Money hungry, wanting to buy the best suits, have the best this and have the best that. Listen, it ain't about the clothes that I wear. It's not about the money I got in the bank, which hardly ain't two cents. It's not about, hey, my charisma. It's not about this and not about that. Can I tell you, it's about one thing, and that's Jesus and Him alone. What I find tonight is we see Ahab taking a, take, making, setting it up to where the people of God, of Israel, will go into worshiping a false god. So as God did in those days, and in, in the judges' days, He did this. He raised a man. He raised up a man. His name was Elijah. And he just come out of nowhere. We don't know who his mama was. We don't know who his daddy was. We know where he come from, at least. But, from all, but all of a sudden, onto the scene... Steps out, Elisha Tishbite. 
This mean, this name, I love this, the meaning of his name literally means my God, Jehovah is he. How about having a name like that? My God, Jehovah is he. I told the students not to uh, a couple of weeks back, it might have been last Wednesday, I can't remember. What is your name? Is it liar? Is it gossip? What is your name? I ain't talking about James Allen Richie the third. I'm talking about what you are, who you are. I want to be known as a follower of Christ. I want to be known as a Christian first. I want to be known that not, not for me to have the big head or for me to have the popularity or me to have all this, but when I walk into a room, my heart's desire is simply this. He is a Christian. We find that his name means my God, Jehovah, is he. He landed on the scene, walked into the palace with a public ministry and said to the king, as if pointing a finger in his face, God told me, because of your sin, there will be no more rain and a famine's coming. This was an insult to the king because Baal, if you know anything about Baal, was the god of fertility. Baal was known as the god of the sea and they believed that, that Baal had the power to take the water from the sea and put it in the sky so that it would rain and therefore water their crops. Baal's union with another god considered the, uh, him to be a god of fertility for human beings. They believed that Baal had the power to produce offspring. So when Elijah walked in on the scene and he said that God was going to stop the rain, Ahab thought he was crazy. Ahab didn't really pay him no mind. Ahab was just, you know, whatever. Listen, uh, after this statement, we find that Elisha disappeared for three years. And when God was ready to give another sentence, God resurfaced Elijah on the scene. I'm glad that I'm used, I can be used of God. Amen? I'm glad to know that, that, though, that when I read the Bible, we find people like Elijah and Paul and many others that stood in the most hottest seat that po there poss possibly was before kings and before councils that had, the, uh, that had the ability to kill them on the spot, but yet God stood with them. Yet God protected them. I'm glad to know as a child of God tonight, I may not have it all together. And I can tell you this, I don't have it all together. But what I do know in this mind of mine, the thing behind my eyes and between my ears is this. When God is in control and God leads me to do something and God directs me where I need to go, He will do everything on His end. There's not enough time to look at everything in chapter number 18 tonight, but we're going to look at a duel that really mirrors nothing else in the Bible. Elijah, the man of God, is going to stand on a mountain by himself, and he is going to challenge Ahab, the 450 prophets of Baal, these other 400 prophets of the groves, and in so many words say this, when this duel is finished, we'll find out who the real God is. How many know that, it does, that God doesn't have to have a problem showing that He's real? I'm glad to know tonight that He does not have a problem revealing Himself in a situation that seems dire. I'm glad to know tonight when you are stuck between a rock and a hard place, or like the Israelites were, what I like to say, between an army and a wet spot, I'm glad to know that He can roll the seas back and make a way. 
I'm glad to know I serve a God that can. I'm glad tonight to know I serve a God that when I get up in the morning, I may not have sunshine and roses, but hey, in the rain and the clouds and in the, hey, in the valleys where I, I may walk, I'm glad to know hand in hand, step in step, I'm glad to know He walks with me everywhere I go. That ought to just make you want to shout, amen. In the middle of this duel, he poses a question. Not just to Ahab, not just to the prophets, but to all the people. How long will ye halt between two opinions? He was not accusing Israel of denying God that, that he wasn't real. He wasn't accusing Israel of wholesale disowning God. What he was saying is this, you are halting between two opinions. The word halt in the dictionary has several definitions. Sometimes it means to stop. Sometimes it means to uh, see. Sometimes it means to limp. We, we find that people who, who halt on a leg, they, they limp on a leg. But another definition is the, of the word halt is this, to be in doubt and waver between two alternatives. Here's what Elijah was saying. How long are you folks who know who God is, now think about this, who watch God deliver you, who seen God show up, who witnessed God's power, who experienced God's greatness, who laid eyes on God's glory. How long will you folks have a, who have a history of the fullness of God, how long are you going to spend yourself bouncing back and forth between two opinions? Day, today it's God. Tomorrow it's Balaam. Today it's God. Tomorrow it's Balaam. What he's simply saying is if, if God be God, let him be, serve God. If Baal be God, let him yeah, serve bell but for heaven's sakes make up your mind what I'm saying is we're sitting here tonight, some people, we talked about it this morning, some people in here tonight, they're, uh, they, they, they want to go this way and they want to go that way. You want to serve God on Sunday and want to live like hell itself on Monday and Tuesday and half a Wednesday. Come to church and put on a robe of righteousness. Leave church that, that Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Amen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And then you get up on Thursday morning. Matter of fact, I'll back it up and go a step further. You get in your car in the church and you pull out on that road and you're a totally different person. Can I tell you tonight, we've got to have credibility, church. And we cannot have credibility when we live like uh, how we should live on one way on Sunday and a whole other way Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even on Saturdays. We've got to have, we've got to have consistency. We've got to have credibility my God, tonight we are in need of some Christian people who will listen to me tonight, will stand flat-footed on the Word of God and say, I'm not moving for nothing. I'm walking straight. I'm walking tall. And can I tell you tonight, it's possible to get that way. Make up your mind. We live in a culture today that is increasingly and increasingly hard to live in. There are more influences and more influences and, and being shoved our way in our day-to-day -day life, day in and day out. We, we, from work life to home life and everywhere in between, it seems that the world is opening up opportunities time and time again. Our children are grow, growing up in a crazy generation that the Bible specifically said would happen. Did, did you understand that we're living in the generation that children will be disobedient to parents? We are living in that generation tonight. Can I tell you tonight, this Bible is true from the very first word to the last amen. It is true and unfolding before our eyes and we'd hardly even see it.
Our children grow up in a crazy generation. It seems like darkness is on every hand and evil is growing exponentially. See, what you need to understand is it's not hard to convince an atheist or a Muslim about the one true God because in reality, we don't do the convincing the Holy Spirit does. Someone say amen right there. But what I am saying tonight is this. However, in the culture we live in, convincing people of God, and for me more specifically, the teenagers that's in this building tonight, hey, that, 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 that God has entrusted me and you've entrusted me not to live for God just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but live for Him every day, that's a challenge. Because it's like you're, facing, you're fighting hell by the half acre. And it seems that hell, acre after acre, they're taking our children, they're taking our homes, they're taking our marriages, they're taking, God, he's taking our finances. What I'm trying to get a hold of you, to get you to get a hold of tonight is this. We have a fight to fight, and we must fight it well. You can't do that when you're halted between two opinions tonight. Constantly, constantly being torn between serving God and doing what the flesh wants to do, and that's to serve Balaam. You may say that you don't worship Baal, but let's be honest, Baal has been replaced today with some of the same practices. Because uh, they believe Baal was a god of fertility and growth, when they would worship, they would openly participate in immorality. The people would play all kinds of wild and reckless music and gather around to honor Baal. And because they believed that Baal was the cause of having children, they would sacrifice their children to Baal over and over and over again just to get him to respond. You say, Pastor, I'm not worshiping Baal. No, but there's a lot of Christians that will uh, gather around and watch a lot of immorality tonight. Quiet. There's a lot of Christians that engage and listen to music that's not honoring to God. There is even Christians, quote-unquote, that have espoused the idea of killing, killing innocent children is okay. Listen, we may, not be, we, we, uh, we may not be bowing down to Baal, but we have got some idols in our lives that we worship. Here we go. I'm going to get on somebody's bad side, and I don't care. Talk to God about it. Listen to me, the average teenager in America today spends 11 and a half hours on social media a day, a day. I'll say that one more time because someone over here didn't get it. The average teenager in America tonight, if I don't spit on Pastor Sean, is 11 and a, he, she or she spends 11 and a half hours on some form of social media today. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's like 12 major platforms right now that, that students are just going bananas over. Are they all bad? No. But bless God, when you spend 11 and a half hours on one as a child, where, where, what's going on? I'm sad to say it's probably about the same for, for adults too. I don't worship Baal, but yet you listen to music that's ungodly. I don't worship Baal, but you gather around and watch a lot of immorality. Talk any way you want to. We may fail at other services, but can I tell you tonight that we need to understand there is one thing that we do have right, and that's this, that there is one God, there is one Creator, there's one Savior, there's one Redeemer, there's one Reconciler, there's one Grace, there's one Father, there's one Son, one Word that is worthy of all of our praise and all of our honor and all of the glory, and His name is Jesus tonight. 
If you're going to quit halting between two, what, what do you mean I'm going to halt between two opinions? See, Baal today has become technology. Baal today has become religion. Baal today has become status quo. Baal today has become politics. I said Baal today has become politics. You, you, some of you spent 15 hours watching CNN and Fox News this past week, but it's been an hour in your Bible. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is I'm saying if you need, you need to know your Bible better than you know the Constitution. You, need to, you can flash the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 19th Amendment in the, in the devil's face and he still busts you in the head. But hey, can I tell you when, you, when you go up to him and you flash him to him that you're a child of the King of kings and Lord of lords and if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, you may shake the Constitution. May, you can shake a stick at the Constitution and, you, and he may shake a stick at the Constitution but tonight he can't shake a, a stick at the Word of God. Why? Because the Bible is powerful. It's the very Word of God tonight. So if we're going to quit, that's the introduction. Hey, it's God. Y'all, y'all survived. Amen. Amen. But if we're going to have to quit halting between two opinions tonight, what you're going to have to do, number one, we're going to have to have a willingness to stand alone. Look at verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he? That troubleth Israel. We find Elisha was met with an insulting confirmation. You stand, you stand for God, people will call you a troublemaker. You stand, you start really standing up for God, standing up for our babies that's being aborted out of this world. You really stand up to say that's called sin what it is. You know what we need a good dose of? We need a good dose of seeing sin as God sees sin. That's what we need. Because when we find out what God, what sin looks like to God, it'll be embarrassing to us. It'll be convicting to us. And what'll happen when that happens is simply this. We'll get some things right in life. We must have a willingness to stand alone. He was met with an insulting confirmation. We find, number one, he, the intimidating crowds. When the crowds come around you looking to destroy you, you've got to have enough guts to say this. Let them all gather around me. I'll still stand for God. See, we're intimidated by the crowd, Daddy. We're intimidated by, by, by what someone might say and care less about what he's got to say. I said we, we, we worry so much day in and day out what, what God, what, what people might say. When at the end of the day, whether it's day in or day out, when at the end of the day when we lay our head on the pillow, all that matters is what he's got to say about the matter. We live in a day that Christians don't, want, don't do what they used to do because they're intimidated by crowds. Now I understand it may be cliche, but the fact of the matter is, it's true. One plus God is always the majority. Someone say amen. But see, we have to understand, we have to understand that it's just not me, sweetheart, that's sitting there, standing on this side of the arena. You've got to understand that the champion of love is standing right beside you. You've got to understand that the creator of all things created was standing right beside you. You've got to understand that he'll carry you through. You've got to understand that he said, I'll battle for you. All you've got to do is sit and pray and when I tell you to move, move right or move left, go forward or go backward. Listen to me. He'll give us direction if we just listen. Intimidating crowds. We see intense child, the intense challenge. You put your God over there, and I'll put my God over here, and we'll see who wins. Essentially what happened. We see the intense challenge, but we see an immovable conviction. He says, I'm not bowing and I'm not moving. Elisha, do, listen, do we, do we have families in here tonight 
Do we have families in here tonight that believe that serving God is worth it? Do we honestly have families anymore in the church house that believe that serving God is worth it? It's going to cost you tears. It's going, to cost you, it's going to cost you money. I love what Dr. Johnny Hunt said. We don't preach on churches, uh, money in churches anymore. He said, and someone told him that. He says, well, I can tell you why. And he said, why? He said, because uh, they get offended when you preach at their God. I don't have a problem preaching on money if, if it's in the way. What I'm trying to tell you, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some talent. It's going to cost you some treasure. What I'm telling you tonight is if you invest, that's the only investment plan that you can get more out of that you put into it. Amen. You see the immovable conviction. What about raising our kids right? What about leading our marriages right? What about being a good steward of what God's given us? A conviction is not going to fit in with culture. It's not going to jive, but can I tell you tonight, it still works. Number two, not only we must, have a, must we only have a, have a willingness to stand alone, number two, we must have a worship that serves authentically. There is only but so long that someone can be phony. I'll say it again. There's only so long that you can last as a phony. Eventually, the truth will out. These guys that have charisma, these women that get up and, and do this thing, and, and what they're doing is great. But you always understand there's a heart behind every motive. What is, is it money? Is it favor with people, with man? What is it? Eventually, if it's self-centered and not Christ-centered, it'll come out one way or the other. There's only one, only so long that you can last as a phony. We see rejected tradition. These folks had displayed foolishness. These folks had uh, definite fallacy. And these folks had dominant, uh, dominant feelings. While these people worship Baal, you have to understand, while these people worship Baal, they did crazy things. But just because they did crazy things did not mean that it was authentic. I could jump, swing from the, swing from the rafters, bless God, peel the paint off the wall. Throw the church covenant away and just go bananas crazy. Not that I would do that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is people are absolutely banana crazy, calling it the touch of God, and it is as unauthentic as it can possibly be. Heard a preacher say one time a woman fell out speaking in tongues in the, in the, in the church, and she said, get up from there, immediately stopped. She did and got up and walked out. Let me go ahead and clear the air real quick about that too. That is a gift that is gone. That gift is gone. There is no speaking in tongues in this day and time that died with the apostles. If you study your Bible, you'll find that that died with the apostles. Now, if you speak a different language, that's the, by all means, you better have an interpreter for Spanish because you don't want to be interpreting your Spanish at all whatsoever, amen? Or your German or whatever. But what I'm saying, this unknown tongue that died with the apostles, and that's all I'm going to say about it. If you have any questions, ask Pastor Sean. But what I am saying tonight is this. What I am saying tonight is this. These people, they did crazy things. And because just because they went bananas crazy, cutting themselves and doing all these sorts of things, did not mean that it was genuine, did not mean that it was right, did not mean that it was godly. We are not spiritual because of how emotional we are. 
We're not spiritual because of how loud we are. We're not spiritual because of how long we are. There's been sermons that's been preached, not here, thank God, that should have closed the moment they said their first prayer. Sit down. You're up here for the wrong reason. You can see right through it. What I'm saying, I'm not trying to dog nobody and down nobody, so hear my heart about that. What I'm trying to say is we need some authentic Christians in this world today that'll stay, that'll grab life by the horns with the help of God and drive this thing. Amen? They resided in, he resided in the truth. And this, he, he was a man of sound doctrine. Elijah, a man of sound doctrine, sincere desperation, servant devotion, servant's devotion, and supernatural desire. What happened after all that cutting and acting a fool? Elijah opened his mouth and prayed a 63-word prayer that said something like this. You are the God of Abraham, you are the God of Isaac, and you are the God of Jacob. I am thy servant, I obey thy word. Hear me, O God, that this people may know that there is a God in Israel. Can I tell you we live in a day and age where we, we lift up and, and we worship man so much. Elisha pointed away from the crazy acting, uh, them acting a fool, to the one true God. In a 63-word prayer, he said he's the one true God. And God do something that people in Israel may know there's a God in Israel. Must have a worship. You talk about between two opinions. We must have a worship that serves authentically. And I'm wrapping up here with point three. Number three, we see a working that showcases the Almighty. How do you know if you're hopping between two opinions? I'll tell you how. You know if God's getting the glory or if you are. You do. But we lie to ourselves. Oh, yes, Father, help. Yes, help me. I'm raising my hands. Anybody looking at me? Oh, God! And we go louder, and we go louder, and we do more. Uh, this crazy acting mess. Listen, I know how I am. You know how I am. I just can't, if I were to try to sit still, I would buzz. I can't. But that's not how all people are made up. Some people worship with a tear in their eye. Some people worship, you never know it. Some people, but, but can I tell you, at some point in time, they, they, there's got to be somebody, that if they, even if they're quiet, they go, amen. <laughs> I don't see how that's something that down deep inside, as big as God as He is, can't stick out somewhere, amen? What I'm saying tonight is that you know, you know if God's getting the glory for your actions or if you are. The unquestionable power of God. In verse 38, the fire of God fell. The unexplainable phenomenon. He poured water all over the sacrifice, not once, but multiple times. You want to see an act of God? Pour water all over something and watch a fire come down from heaven and lick all of it up. Dust included. We see the unexplainable phenomenon. We see the unfeigned praise. When they were worshiping Baal, they jumped around, danced, and cutting themselves. When God showed up, what they do? They fell to their faces. Isn't that something? We find that they, they acted a fool, cutting themselves, dancing crazy, un unreal music, just unrecklessness. But yet when God, the fire of God fell, and God showed up, that same Ahab, that same 450 prophets, and that same prophets of the groves, what they do? They hit their faces. 
How do we know that our worship is directed at God? Because God, when God shows up, we get down. The problem with a lot of churches, though, is that people have gotten up and God's gotten down. I'm thankful today that we're not like that here. And by the grace of God, we won't be like that. Pastor Sean and I will both tell you, and we have told you, and we'll stick to this. This ain't about me, and it ain't about him, it ain't about us. We're a pretty good team. Uh, we really are. I mean, we were, like I said, one of my best friends in the whole world. I got two, both in this building tonight. But it ain't about us. Truth be known, it really ain't about you. It's about him. It's about him. I'm done. Sister Brenda, you come and play for us, sister. I'm done. I got a couple things I want to say, and then I'm going to be done tonight. We need some people in here tonight to make up their mind that they're not going to serve Baal no more. I know that might, that might nod up in someone's heart, and that someone's, you know, has a bad, ugly frown on their face, but the fact is, it's true. And as Pastor says many times, God works on our hearts before He works on y'all's. We need some people to make up their minds that they're going to serve God and serve Him alone. Listen to me tonight. I still believe that the Bible is inspired. I still believe that preaching works. I still believe that heaven is real and hell is hot. I still believe that God saves. I still believe that Jesus loves us. I still believe that the Holy Spirit still seals us. I still believe the church is special. I still believe that people matter. And I still believe that God is worthy to be served and obeyed. And I cannot believe all of that fully if I'm halting between two opinions. Tonight in here, I don't, it may not be for nobody. But here's the fact. If you are halting between two opinions tonight, one day you serve God... You leave here tonight, you're energized and everything's hunky-dory and you're, you've got the fire of God about you, but as soon as you walk out that door, you take that robe of righteousness off. Make sure it's all nice and neat. Make sure the sleeve's not in there like that and make sure it's all straight. Good to see you, Pastor. We had a good day today. Man, Wow. See Wednesday. Can you believe what she wore today? Can you believe this? And can you believe that? Can I, and you get in your car, and the first thing you do is turn on that on out. You bounce out the blame out the out the out the parking lot. What we're doing tonight, folks, and that may be funny, but what we're doing is I'm halting over here. I'm gonna serve God today. Tomorrow, I'm going, to serve, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to serve something else. I'm going to serve my cell phone. I'm going to serve my soap opera. I'm going to serve my job. I'm going to serve this and that. But tonight, we need to get a hold of the fact. Tonight, we've got to serve one God. We've got to get a hold of the fact that he is almighty. He's worthy to be served. Stop halting between two opinions. Stop living for Baal one day and living for God the next day and throw Baal down just like God uh, knocked Dagon off of that, off that pedestal in 1 Samuel, students. You remember, 
When he knocked it off the second time and it broke, what we thought they should have done is packed her up, burned her down, and said, I'm going with God. Tonight, what we need to do is, I ain't, I'm not trying to pull your heartstrings and tie a rope and snatch you down here, but this is where some things can happen. This is where you can take that, that, Baal, that Balaam and throw him right down. This is where you can take that, that, that cell phone and say, I, I, it's too much on me, I've got too much, and you can take it and delete those apps. Get those people out of your life that, that you serve. Get those things that ought not be and get them out. What I'm saying tonight, if I'm saying anything, is this. We must, if we're ever going to get to where we need to be with the Lord, we must stop halting between two opinions. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, God, for how good you've been to us. Thank you, God, for the, the privilege, Lord, to open your word. I thank you, God, for passages of scripture like this that shows us, God, that we got to have some help. I don't want to serve Balaam in any form of my life, any fashion at all whatsoever. God, help me tonight. Help me, James Allen. This is me praying. Help me to throw Baal out. Help me to spend less time on things that's not important, more time with the only one who is. Help us tonight, God. I pray this in your sweet holy name. Amen and amen.